Hello, hello, hello. Testing one, two, three. Check, cash, money order. <laughs> this is mic number one. This is mic number one. Isn't this a lot of fun? <laughs> okay. Well, you've tuned into another episode of The Fractured Brain. I'm your host, Jeppabai, a.k.a. Jimmy P. Brown II. Um, so I am... It is 11.44 at night. Um, my whole house is asleep. And I am wide awake. <laughs> and uh, just can't sleep. So, And sometimes this happens and I'll get little bouts of insomnia and uh, I come and I sit in my car because like I said it's 11.44pm and it's 95 degrees outside Uh, so it's hot so come sit in the AC car and uh, sometimes just listen to music mostly trip on how many people are actually like awake and walking around the complex which is strange uh, to me at least but it's Las Vegas so I guess maybe it's not too strange but um, yeah it's just weird to see so many I see more people out at night like this uh, than during the day here in the complex. It's it's strange. Other than people, you know, at the pool and whatnot. <sighs> anyway, it's fun to people watch. It's strange to see what people do. Creatures of the night, I guess. And uh, listen to the airplanes go above my head. As many of you know, I've said I I live very close to the airport and uh, the airport the airplanes like come right above our complex and their landing pattern so um, so if you hear some of that going on in the back that's what it is so today's topic three minutes in boy it always takes me a while to get to what is going on so I thought I'd address Something I, I I believe that I I've addressed and I I um and uh, you know you know and I I don't like um just redirecting you know like when I get an email and then I'll go and I'll just try to answer uh, best I can and and then I feel weird kind of redirecting them to a podcast or a YouTube. Um, a video that I did, you know, years ago explaining everything. So, um, and, and people, a lot of people are listening to the podcast now, which is nice. So, um, I, I thought I would, uh, take this time to just, uh, answer questions because I just haven't, uh, set up the, uh, the video thing and, and haven't just had the time, honestly, for the, uh, editing and, and, and everything that goes into making a YouTube video. Um, and, uh, 
so I thought I'd answer some of the questions because, you know, that was the original concept of me setting up the, the YouTube channel in the first place. Wasn't so much to teach guitar riffs or talk about music or anything. It was, it was more to answer emails because it was just an easier way to do so. But um, it seems the podcast is good for that now. So, um, but lots of questions, lots of emails, which I love getting. I love getting emails, um, especially uh, they slowed down for quite a while. Uh, due to uh, my lack of presence on Facebook. Um, and, uh, you know, and of course, you know, I don't really use Instagram. I'm, I'm on there. I have a profile, uh, just like I have a Twitter profile, but I, I don't really go on there. I don't, I, I don't, you know, quite honestly, the, the platforms kind of annoy me. Uh, and, uh, trying to learn them and trying to learn to navigate and, and everything. And, and the few things that I have posted, I, I don't get responses and Facebook, uh, as I've mentioned before, you know, it's, you know, you either get really terribly sad or terribly mad when, when on there, um, when you see just all the posts, it's, there's just so much combat going on and, and, uh, not, <clears throat> not enough people just interacting for fun and, and, and whatnot. So, but, um, so getting to the topic today, uh, it's been one that's been coming in, um, through my website, uh, which goes directly to my Gmail account. And, and, uh, and, and I, I get a lot of wonderful, wonderful, uh, just fan mail and, um, or as I like to call friend mail and I, um, but lots of questions that are all along the same subject. So that's why I like to tackle them in the podcasts and in the video casts before. Um, but it's about deliverance, deliverance, fearful symmetry, Jupiter six. And of course now. Uh, so what is now, what, what, what is now, but first we have to address the other things. So I'll, I'll kind of go over a brief thing, uh, a brief summation, uh, <laughs> as brief as I can make them. Cause you guys all know I'm long winded. So it is what it is. So deliverance started in 85 we had a good run. We went until 1996. Um, and then we officially disbanded. And um, after Camelot had come out and, uh, you know, you know, uh, the label was on its way out. They were hoping that Camelot would help come and save with a amount of sales and it didn't. Um and, uh, yeah, it just, uh, you know, different time, you know, it, music was changing. Uh, the Seattle grunge sound was really, really dominant. Uh, and in the CCM world, it was DC talk and, you know, that kind of thing that was happening. So it, it, uh, in, in the, the world of metal, um, which I had 
far removed myself kind of uh, from that world, um, starting with Stay of Execution. <clears throat> but uh, it was Deliverance just didn't have a place anymore, didn't have a home. And, uh, and we had our own gripes within the band. We had our own problems within the band. Uh, and I just knew it was time. It was time for uh, me to concentrate on uh, being a, a husband, a father, and, uh, and just not stress it anymore. I had... Uh, you know the, the you know there was the, the ever revolving doors of band members and and uh, you know it was hard to 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 get those guys you know in the beginning the first five years you know I had Brian and Chris those were my mainstay guys we had an ever revolving door for the guitar slot but um, and then Chris and Brian were gone as of nineteen ninety. And then it just kind of went back and forth, bounced around. And then my new mainstay came, which was Manny. Um, and me and Manny and, you know, we stuck it out, you know, from 92 on. And, um, and, you know, nobody really knew what I was doing, what I, you know, what I was, you know, what was going on in my head other than what I would explain to, uh, my A and R team at, at the record company, um, which was uh, my my guy that I was close with, was a guy named Mike McLean, and he understood and my vision. And uh, then my manager Dave Lavaggi, uh, he also understood my vision. And um, when I came home from the second leg of the Weapons tour. Um, I, I was kind of done. I didn't like where uh, the label were now leading us. Uh, now we were we were pretty much commissioned at that point to uh, become the Christian alternative to Metallica. Um, and I just didn't want to be that. Uh, I wanted to be able to, you know, do whatever I wanted, musically speaking. And... You know, with, you know, my musical heroes from the past growing up listening to guys, um, you know, er, you know, everything in my household, you know, we grew up, you know, listening to everything from, uh, you know, Bowie and Floyd and Zeppelin and, uh, you know, the younger generation. And then my my parents, you know, so it was a mix of country and uh, and Elvis and Spanish music and, and, and it was great. It was it was a nice healthy mix. But so so in in that turn, I really wanted to kind of reflect that in what I was doing. I didn't want to. The thing I loved about you know uh, Bowie albums is you know not ones really sounded the same. Um, they all had their own flavor and uh, and. You know, there was a change of players, change of things, because you know it was again, it was it was selecting the right people, the right players for everything, and and uh, I noticed it with guys like Peter Gabriel when he left uh, Genesis, and he was changing and his sound from record to record. You know, he, he had kind of a poppy edge, and then went went with the world beat thing, and 
and developed his own sound. But again, every record was different, had its own elements and different changes. And, and um, you know, listen to Zeppelin one all the way through into the outdoor, you know, in through the outdoor, their last record. And, you know, just great changes, you know, uh, musically, production, you know, and songwriting and everything. It just was, was getting better and better. And it was, it, but it was different, you know. Um, and that was what I really dug, you know, uh, you know, bands that just churned out the same thing over and over and over, you know, like the Stones or, or, and then even ACDC and, and everything else. Uh, now, some bands were successfully able to do that, but, um, my heroes were those other guys. And, and one particular hero was, was Terry Scott Taylor. And so, uh, and DA, I mean, every record, drastic change. Um, and I just, I loved that. I loved change because that is the essence. Um, as you grow, mature, whatever you want to call the, 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 the pattern of change, um, whether it's due to growth or maturity, I just like to say that change for those different things are, are, are great. And deliverance was, was now, like I said, becoming pigeonholed and we were being counted on as an alternative, uh, to, and that was not my intent with deliverance. So, and everybody knew deliverance was my baby. And, and, but I came home from that second leg of the tour and I, and I wrote, uh, a letter to myself a letter I still have. And it was about wanting to change and wanting to do something different. And how touring didn't turn out exactly how I wanted it to be. And Deliverance had not turned out what I wanted it to be. The first five years were wonderful. And then now things were changing. Um, and... Uh, Politically speaking, now record labels involved, managers, uh, different band members, different ideologies, you know, etc. So um, when I got home and we had a break, I went to the label and I told them I want to do a solo album. And this was uh, the end of 1990. And they said, OK, yeah, you know, we'll put you in the we'll put you in the studio Um we're working with a new producer. His name is Scott Blackwell. And he's done stuff, but, you know, he mostly does remixes, but, you know, he remixes for Donna Summer and for this and this. And I'm just like, um, yeah, he's not, doesn't sound like the guy. I want Terry Taylor. And, <clears throat> but I went, I went with Scott and, um, and I called Glenn Rogers, who, you know, who is now out of deliverance and, um, and, uh, but, but he and I, you know, of course remained friends and, and always enjoyed his guitar playing. And, and so I called him up and I said, Hey, I'm going to the studio and I'm going to be working on some songs. Um, you want to come along? And he did. And he, you know, he came in completely blind, uh, had no idea, didn't know, you know, what we were going to do. And, and then I showed him the songs. I showed Scott Blackwell, the song ideas, and they, you know, they were terrible. They were just a, you know, just a handful of Bowie ripoffs, you know. Um, 
And, uh, but, you know, we, you know, Scott did his best to kind of turn it into something different. And, and he definitely did something different with it. Uh, kind of had a disco dancey vibe to it. And it was, it was cool. It was different. It was, and, and then Glenn, uh, did, you know, Glenn did some great guitar work, you know, kind of funky and, um, you know, a little trowery, a little Hendrixy uh, stuff added added a real nice flavor, and you know, so we took this three song demo. Pre- I presented it to Frontline, me and Scott, and they were like, "Huh, okay, well, well, we'll just go ahead and sit on that." And uh, by this time, you know, I had a four track recorder at home, and so I I started doing my own demos, and. Um, of these songs and trying to work my own versions. And, um, so I, I really, really asked frontline, you know, pitch this, you know, pitch it to Terry Taylor. So, well, we had to do what a joke. They threatened us. Um, in fact, I'll, I'll never forget, uh, the meeting with the label where, you know, we just told them we're not ready and, uh, you know, we don't want to go in and just, you know, do a half-ass record and they said well how about we can just make it that you'll never make a record again and so we took the threat seriously we went and we gave them what a joke um and then i went to the label told them hey uh i'm ready to quit i'm ready to hang it up i want to do my solo stuff or i don't want to do anything at all um and, and yeah, I'll be in breach of contract because, you know, I'll leave deliverance and that's the end of it. And, well, they started, you know, investigating stuff that was going on in the band and, and things that were happening. And they brought some light, you know, along with my manager, Dave, and, and uh, some things happened. And so some changes happened within the ranks and that was then and it was over and um deliverance was you know now kind of free to do whatever and i had to regroup rethink and i i said you know i really still want to do my solo album so they hooked me up with terry taylor finally i get with terry and uh, Terry listens to the demos and he, you know, he, he hears it for what it is, you know, a bunch of Bowie ripoff songs. And and uh, he just kind of, you know, he was very gracious, said it was cool, liked the use of my voice. Um, and uh, then he said, you know, can I listen to your band? You know, the band that's actually signed to Frontline. And so I played him. Um, uh, some demos of the stuff I'd been working on and also played him a little bit of Weapons and the first album. And he said, you know, why not take that heavy element and mix it with what you're wanting to do with your solo thing and let's combine them and throw them together. I said, it'll never work. Fans won't get it. They won't understand. And he said, well, we won't know until we try. So he encouraged the change. He encouraged, you know, let's let's put the solo music aside. Let's put, you know, the Jimmy P. Brown thing aside. And and, and I wasn't calling it Jimmy Brown. I was calling it Peter Braun. Um, 
my uh, middle name being Peter and Braun being the German spelling of the last name Brown. So, um, so we went ahead and uh, started working on stay and introduced that change, introduced that element. And it worked. It was really cool. We were happy with, with you know, tones, sounds, and what we were getting. It was an experimental record. It was uh, trying to figure out the best route for us. Um, and um, it worked. And at that point, I was just more about uh, working on Deliverance again. And I think that was the whole point, what the label was doing. Uh, I think they had talked to Terry. And Mike McLean understood that I wanted to emulate my heroes and change with every record. So um, Stay was released, and to my surprise, it was received very well. It, it was the only Deliverance record to chart on Billboard. Um it did really well. We were surprised. Um, in the middle of the recording, uh, personnel changes happened. Um, and then, like I said, then Manny was... Well, first, Brian Carilla came back, and then, you know, it just didn't work. So we, we ended up getting Manny, and then we did shows, and, and uh, we toured, and we did the Stay of Execution tour. Uh, came back and now again personnel changes uh, Kevin and Mike decided uh, to do their own thing um, and uh, so they left right before we were going to do the Learn album um, then Kevin wanted to come back and by this time I had acquired Manny and John Maddox and um, they had agreed that you know Kevin wasn't the right fit so um, not with where I was wanting to go. So, and that was when John Knox was brought in. And again, it, you know, then we did that. And then when, then we did River Disturbance and it was the same guy, same formula, you know, it was, uh, John Knox and John Maddox and, and Manny Morales. And, uh, that was the most compelling record for me. Um, cause it was a true signifying of change. Uh, there were all sorts of elements on the record, you know, it was heavy, Bowie-esque, Beatlesque, you know, uh, all sorts of these different flavors throughout the record. But, um, and it still remains a, a mainstay, a favorite for me. Um, and then uh, we toured. Well, the album was released. We got a lot of weird mixed reviews, mixed fan mail, uh the the critics didn't know what to think of it we got some who praised it some who hated it um and then uh we went on to do what we did with Camelot and then it, again like i said it was over in 96 it was it was done um we were asked to play cornerstone in 2001 and i was approached by a label and and um St. Louis and uh, they promised the world I believed them I moved my whole family out there and um, the only good thing that came about of is my the birth of my son Shiloh and and uh, 
uh, made some wonderful friends out there. Rick Mester, who is still uh, uh, over 20 year friend now, and um, and uh, Justin D. Ty, Jim Calvert, guys who played on the Assimilation record. But uh, you know, we played that Cornerstone show, and I remember it was fun. It was it was a, a great nod to yesteryear. But I was surprised of how many people really loved all the stay, learn, and river disturbance material. And uh, we had so much fun, great response. It was a great, great show. Then we thought we'd make a go of a comeback. But again, at that point, I was still shuffling the idea of I, I can't really be a musician and be a father and a husband and a provider. So I, uh, I dumped it. But music didn't go away from me and more importantly I was I was heading in another direction I was wanting to go kind of more of that industrial dark wave thing and uh, with deliverance and you heard elements on assimilation but it really came out heavy on the sad veil of tears album which I went under the moniker fearful symmetry because uh, I just felt it was almost too drastic of a change um, but in essence it was my solo music and so I, I did that uh, did two records and uh, Loss of Balance sold very very well um, for an independent you know release you know it was just I, I released it myself and uh, and then then a label out in Florida picked it up and uh, then they wanted me to do like a Ziggy Stardust type record so I started working on the Jupiter 6 album and then Jupiter 6 was born, so now I had Fearful Symmetry and I had Jupiter 6, but Deliverance kind of was laying low. And then, uh, then I was approached by Mike Phillips, and we rebirthed Deliverance and put out the As Above, So Below record, um, which didn't do well, didn't do too well at all. Um, it's a fun album, but it just didn't do too well. And... Um, then I concentrated on Jupiter 6 and finally put together a live band because Cornerstone, California was going to happen and they invited Jupiter 6 to, to play and um, to the sanctuary stage. So um, I was excited about that, but I had to scramble at the last minute to put together a band. And, and um, then I met some great guys, you know, I met, you know, Mike Reed uh, I had Jay Renault who worked kind of, you know, worked on and off with me with Fearful Symmetry. Um, and Jeff Seba on guitar, which magnificent guitar player. Um, and uh, Brian Carilla played guitar as well. And, uh, you know, we went out there and we had fun. We did a great show. And um, then it, it fell by the wayside again. And that that one was because uh, just infighting started happening um, in the band. Um, I mean, quickly, quickly. I mean, um, just, you know, other members saying this guy doesn't belong, this guy doesn't belong, that guy doesn't belong, blah, blah, blah. And, and just it, it just kind of turned into a, a more of a nightmare than I really wanted and I had just moved into an executive casino host position. And I was like, yeah, I don't have time for this. So I, I just, I dumped it again. And, um, 
then a few years later, uh, I started to work uh, on a follow-up to the Jupiter 6 record. And I was just doing it myself like I'd done the first album. Um, and Fearful Symmetry was long gone. And uh, finished the album. It was not well recorded, not well done, not well thought out. Um, and so I, I, I was glad when, uh, retroactive wouldn't put it out. They, they, you know, I delivered it to them and they just kind of sat on it and then they never released it. And I was actually glad that they never did because, um, it was a strange record and, um, there were some cool songs on there, but it just was a, as a record, it was, it just wasn't cohesive. It didn't, didn't make a lot of sense. Um, and, uh, you know, the, originally it was entitled, uh, Hitler is alive and well on planet earth. And, um, then they just shortened it to alive and well. And then they asked me to rewrite the song, the lyrics to alive and well, they thought it was too controversial. So I ended up just writing whatever was in my head at the moment. And, um, then, uh, another deliverance album i was suckered into it again and uh we did the uh, hear what i say record now hear what i say initially started with uh me mike phillips george ochoa and uh we were going to get to put together an, a, a kind of an all-star band and then it just didn't happen then it turned into just me mike phillips i'd moved to alabama and i was working so many hours I just didn't have time to work on the album and uh and more importantly I just didn't want to do it anymore I didn't want to do anything under the deliverance moniker and so I I kind of well not kind of I I even wrote a basically a goodbye letter in the record note liner notes basically saying thanks for everything thanks for the years of love support and everything else but this is it this is this is it and I wanted it to be the swan song. And, uh, but it just wasn't, you know, as, as you guys know, because Sub Subversive Kind came a few years later. And, um, but <laughs> people are, are, you know, I, Deliverance was asked to do a string of shows this year. And I, I chose not to do them. And, um, for various reasons, but the main, main reason is, uh, I kind of feel like deliverance is seen as, uh, is a dinosaur and these particular festivals weren't interested in, you know, the well-rounded repertoire of deliverance. They were, they were very, very clear, you know, are you going to play stuff just from the first two albums? And it's like, well, that would make a boring show. You know, Deliverance is a lot more than just those first two albums. Um, and uh, so with that, I was like, okay, uh, I, I, this isn't something I'm interested in doing. And uh, now overseas shows, I, I committed to Jim and Glenn um, that, uh, you know, when we get, overseas offers, you know, to go to Europe, go to South America, you know, Japan, uh, whatever, you know, we'll go and we'll go as deliverance. 
but right now I'm concentrating on my solo material. And, you know, so Glenn's working on his solo material. He's He's got his band Primal. And uh, I believe, or Final Decree, I think it is actually, I'm sorry. And, uh, and Jim, you know, still working with The Blamed and um, a multitude of projects. Jim's always being asked to, to play on stuff. And, uh, and he plays in cover bands and... Um, so he does that. And then Manny plays in a lot of cover bands, but Manny is, uh, you know, a hundred percent sold out for anything that I want to do. And, um, so he really, really wants Jepabai, you know, Jimmy P. Brown, the second, that band to, to, to move forward since the release of the eraser at record. And, um, so he, he, about a, about a year or two ago, put it, put together a full solo band out there in uh, Austin, Texas. And uh, now I'm here in Las Vegas, so it's different. It's difficult, you know. And then the pandemic crap came and wasn't able to travel and wasn't able to do all that. And everybody's afraid to be crammed in a room and, you know, just, you know, all this stuff, you know. So I ended up just uh, working more on my Patreon material. And... um, and I have a very faithful stay of, of um, 80 or so patrons. And I bounce between, you know, those 80 stay with me. And then there's 10 to 12 that are always in and out, in and out, in and out. And, and they always leave for the same reason. We thought you were going to do more metal. We thought you were going to be you know, deliverance oriented. And I don't understand that personally because, uh, it's stated on there. It's me. It's Jimmy P. Brown, the second Jepapai. And, um, so, you know, I, I am not telling and ever going to start. I, I don't want to do the whole, you know, kiss thing or share thing or, you know, whoever else has announced this is my final retirement. That's it. I'm it no more. Um, because then you always end up eating your words and I've ended up eating my words more than once. That's for sure. So like I said, Europe or any overseas, you know, audience calls, you know, because they didn't get to see deliverance as much as the state sides, you know, stateside people did. And here in the States, everybody got to see deliverance, but seems like everybody here in the States for the greater part, they just want to hear the first two albums. And again, deliverance is more than that, a uh, much more than that. Um, you know, with, with, uh, 10 studio records under the belt and, you know, people only concentrate on two. And I know this is something that every artist goes through, you know, um, you know, not everybody's, you know, 10th album is their most well-known or well-loved, you know, people go back to what moved them in the first place. I, I understand the whole plight and that's why I wanted to simply finally go solo. Um, and this would afford me to do anything I wanted. So, you know, I could have done a full synth type album or whatever, but the first solo album was the Eraserhead album. And it was John Knox, me and Manny Morales. And we had a blast. And, um, 
there's some heavy stuff on there. There's stuff I think that even Deliverance fans would love and appreciate since a lot of it is very reminiscent of kind of the River Disturbance sound. A um, little, little different, but it's there, you know? Nonetheless, um, people um, just still want that deliverance thing. And, you know, Fearful Symmetry, Jupiter 6, these names, it was me. It was me trying to do a solo thing. And I just didn't want to, you know, use my name, uh, Jimmy V. Brown II or Jepabai or however we want to call it, term it or whatever. I just didn't want to do it under that name. And um, so that's why I, I made up the band names. But the reality is they were solo records. And, um, but I finally decided it was time to just go under the solo moniker. And I'm glad I did. And, um, but it's like people still don't get it. And, um, so if you're a member of my Patreon, um, and I mean, first of all, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna revamp it this weekend since I have a third day off. Um, I have the fourth off Well, I'm working a few hours, but, but not much, not a full day. So, but I, I'm going to revamp the Patreon site and I'm going to make it very explicit and clear, you know, of what it is, what the intent you're here to help me make music, but not make a certain type of music, not, you know, nothing but cover songs, not this, not that you're here to help me do my thing. Which includes, you know, video, YouTube, all of it in the podcasts. Um, yeah, because all this takes time. And, um, and um, you know, I love doing it. It's just I need to make more time for it. And I need to really dedicate my time to it. And I want to dedicate my time to it. So if you are a patron... I, I'm going to have to get back on social media sooner or later, but I am asking you to help me, uh, after the revamping this weekend, uh, to help share it, get people on board, uh, to support what endeavors I'm going to do, the changes I'm going to make, the things that I want to do, because they either support what I do based on the letters that I've gotten or the emails that I've received. It's like, if I mean this much to you and my lyrics have meant this much to you and my humanity and my view on religion or politics or, or Jesus or, or Kabbalah or whatever the things that I've put forth in my lyrics in terms of spirituality or anything like that, 
if it really has helped and it has helped you and you want to continue to see me do more, well, then I implore you to be a supporter. And uh, I'm asking all my patrons to help promote. You know, if you're on social media, if you have, you know, a lot of followers and people, help me promote it. And so that way I can start giving more due attention to doing that which I love and which I adore. And that's to make content and art. And I want to revamp my YouTube channel. I want to reinvent how I'm going to do certain videos and do certain things. And I certainly don't want to discard the Deliverance fan. And I mean that. I mean that with everything. But if the Deliverance fan is just wanting me to do another thrash album or to, to revive Deliverance or do another Deliverance record or whatever then, yeah, that fan isn't going to be the guy that we want as part of the Patreon family because this is to support Jebavai, you know, what I'm doing right now and what I want to continue to do until, you know, my time is done. So, um, because I really do feel that I was put on earth for that. And I really want to give it my all again. You know, my kids are grown and uh, my wife is fully behind me. And I just really, really want to uh, do this again and put my full heart, soul, strength, mind and spirit behind it. Um, but that's where it all is. So I just want to concentrate on now. So, and in fact, that's a new email address I have, jpbiinow at gmail.com if you want to write me there. A lot of people don't have that email address. I still answer emails from my website and from Jimmy B. Round the Second at Gmail. But um, the reason I did that is because it's now. That's what I really, really want for people to grasp and to understand is that, you know, it's now. This is new. It's different. It's, it's, I don't want to just keep rehashing deliverance. And, um, so I hope that answers those questions because, you know, people ask, you know, uh, I've received so many, uh, questions of, you know, wh why didn't you, you know, why aren't you playing this festival? Why aren't you playing this show? Why aren't you doing this? Well, that's why. And even the invite that uh, for the, to play the, the, the show in September out in Nashville with the solo band, I haven't heard anything. So I don't even know if that's happening. Um, and so I want to get people excited about the new thing. And I need your help. I mean, bottom line is I need your help. So those that have been longtime supporters, I know it's because you believe in me and believe in what I do and believe in what I've done. And I know you want me doing more than just a bunch of cover songs and all this other stuff. I know you want me working 
on new material to put out there and to get to you guys and to get to the world because music is was and is a very very important medicine to the soul and I really really want to put all my concentrative efforts back into it so that's where all that is so you know deliverance fearful symmetry jupiter six and now well that's where it is that's where it was and hopefully it will be and people will get behind it or they won't (laughs) but i believe that if uh you really were a fan, primarily, especially of everything from Stay On, where it was a concentration on humanity and, you know, us living on this planet and dealing with everything that we deal with as human beings, the human experience, <clears throat> you know, and then putting in place with it with the spirituality and the and the views and the scriptural views and and all these different assets that that we can move forward and and ideas and thoughts but you know i do not want to relive deliverance and because that time was then but this is now so so i hope that answers those questions for those who uh, have written in many times over about those same questions and and moreover thank you so much for all the wonderful things that were said like you know of what we've meant and what I've meant personally to you um, well thank you and hopefully you'll support what I do now so and uh, I'm also going to update the iTunes and the Spotify pages and uh, get more tunes up there. Uh, get some of these cover songs that I've been doing. And more importantly, uh, finish up the next solo record and, and keep working on more original material. Really, really singles and all sorts of stuff. So, but uh, yeah, so that's where things are at. And that's where I'm at. But uh, I'm ready to get back to it. But I need your guys' help. So, if you are a patron, thank you. And I, I hope, pray, and that you, that you continue and, uh, to, to be a supporter. And if you're not a patron, consider coming by the Patreon page. It's easy. Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com uh, forward slash J-P-B-I-I. And come by the page and see about uh, if uh, you feel so inclined to be a patron and supporter of uh, all things Jebabai. Okay, well, I'm at 47 minutes, so, and it's already given me the warning that, you know, not you can't record anything over 60 minutes, so. But, um, I hope you enjoyed this uh, little episode of The Fractured Brain. And we'll be back some more with some uh, more stories and more fun things to talk about hopefully soon. And um, and like I said, I'm going to be working on the Patreon page uh, and revamping the YouTube thing and trying to figure out what the best route for 
me and what we're going to do together with your help. So, all right, guys. Well, you all take care. Blessings to all of you. And have a safe 4th of July. Happy 4th to everyone. And uh, I hope everybody just has a wonderful, wonderful weekend. And uh, we will talk soon. Peace out. You've listened to The Fractured Brain.